Welcome back to Educate Ebony, the metal edition. And this is the second to last episode of this season. I'm very excited. I internally freaked out a lot for this episode in a good way, in a, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening kind of way. But I'm sure you hear that later. But let's revisit last episode first. I spoke to Daniel Fanari from Polaris. We had a great chat and he told me to listen to City of Evil by Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah, I'd never listened to any Avenge before, and now I have. I have to say on the first listen, or after the first listen, I was definitely like, this album is not for me. Bit too out there, cheesy, glam, rocky, I guess. But then I went back to edit the actual episode and listened to everything he had to say again and chucked it on for a second time while I was driving to work. And yeah, the second time really, really hit differently. I felt like I just tuned out the vocals a little bit because sometimes they're a bit too over the top for me and really just listened to the instrumentals. And man, it is so creative and progressive. It was really, really cool to hear. I definitely like Beast and the Harlot, Trashed and Scattered, and Seize the Day probably the best. Also, their songs are super long. At one point, I was like, cool, got two songs left on the album. Freaking 20 minutes later or whatever, I'm still there. They're lengthy. But I do appreciate, I guess, what they were doing. Despite it being cheesy and maybe a little bit too much, it's pretty fun, I have to say. So yeah, big thanks to Dan for coming on the podcast and educating me. Oh, and of course, you know, can't forget to plug my socials. Come follow me at Educate Ebony on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I have to say... I don't really like Twitter, but you know, you can come follow me on there anyway. Instagram's probably the most fun. You can see all the listening notes in the story highlights. And yeah, it's just a good time. But let's move on. All right. For this episode of Educate Ebony, the metal edition, I would love to introduce Matthew K. Heafy. He is the incredible vocalist for the heavy metal band Trivium. And the band just put out a new album called In the Court of the Dragon, which we at Wallace Down scored as a perfect 10 out of 10. He's a Twitch streamer, a YouTuber, and a very talented musician, so I'm extremely excited to have him on the podcast. Matt, welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for the great introduction. Thank you for the 10 out of 10. Thanks for making me sound good. I appreciate that. Thanks for talking today. Oh, it's great to have you. And before we do kick into the album talk, I do just need to bring this to your attention first, because in episode 10, the Educate Ebony artist, Kyle Wagstaff, actually came on the podcast and... He chose your album, Trivium's album, Shogun, as the one metal album that I need to hear. How do you feel about that? The one metal album (laughs) is yours. That's amazing. Well, what's so cool and what's so interesting about our band is every record we put out has done differently in a different country. Our breakthrough record for the UK was Sentency. Our breakthrough record for Germany was in Waves. However, our breakthrough record for Australia was Shogun. And there's something about that record that had such a large impact in Australia. And that's when Australia really came around for us. So it's really amazing to see that. And I think all the Australian Tribune supporters who love Shogun will be happy to hear that the song, The Failings Off Our New Record, was actually written for the Shogun record. And it wasn't a B-side. It's not that it wasn't good enough. We just couldn't figure out how to write the middle section. So we ended up writing the middle section finally for this record. And so now there's this, some Shogun DNA in this new record. So I, I particularly knew Australia would be happy with that. Oh, that's so cool. Well, it's, it's really cool to have, like I guess, a full circle thing going on with him saying Trivium and then you coming on the podcast. So what a great time. I'm having a ball. That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, and what, what, band is he, what band is he in? Oh, no, he's my um, graphic designer. So he actually created the 
Oh, that's freaking that's freaking awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I, I love I love Wallace Town, by the way. You guys have uh, supported us for a long time, so I'm very very happy. Very you. happy with you all. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> well, um, let's get into it. <laughs> what do you think is the one metal album that I need to hear? In Flames, the Jester Race. Okay, I've never heard of them. Tell me about them. Who are these guys? Okay. Dang. <laughs> okay. So, In Flames is one of the most important melodic death metal bands of all time. Um, melodic death metal is a genre that essentially came out of Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, melodic death metal, it's like the other forms of extreme metal, the main ones. There's black metal, death metal, melodic death metal. Melodic death metal is a mixture of Stockholm-style death metal, a little bit of Tampa-style death metal, Tampa, Florida. It has Swedish traditional folk baked into that and new wave of British heavy metal. Those are sort of the main broad stroke ingredients of melodic death metal of the Gothenburg sound. The Gothenburg bands were in flames, Dark Tranquility at the gates. Those were kind of the main ones. And the gesture race is in flames is third record. Uh, the first two records they did for anyone listening for trivia, for people that know stuff, um, Dark Tranquility singer was actually the original singer of in flames for the first two. And I think the singer in flames is the original singer of Dark Tranquility. They flipped, I think that's right. I know Dark Tranquility guy was with Inflames. Maybe Anders was. Uh, maybe wasn't. Jester Race is incredible because when you listen to this record, you hear this like deep, intense kind of guttural screaming that has beautiful guitar melodies, like beautiful like Swedish style folk melodies played oh. kind of like Iron Maiden would have played. And so it's just it's such a different texture. When I first was getting into metal with Trivium. We're in all the, the classic metal bands that one gets into, Metallica, Mega, Cantor, Slayer, all those kind of like standards. It was getting into melodic death metal, especially through In Flames. I remember it was the Napster days. Someone actually sent me, it's from the next record, a record called Horacle. Someone sent me Yotun, the song by In Flames, off the record that came out after this. And I'd never heard anything like that. Like I knew about death metal. Death metal is super pulverizing and brutal, brutal, brutal death metal vocals, screaming and all this. Um, I knew about black metal, which was like high shrieking and very fast and very very dark and evil sounding. But melodic death metal had these beautiful, interesting, intricate guitar melodies like Iron Maiden would have done with these heavy, intense screaming vocals on top of it as well. So I love that juxtaposition. I love that mixture. And I was so surprised to see that, to see those those ingredients that shouldn't go. So it's really something that you can see with Trivium. Like we like to juxtapose things. We like to have the very intense moments of contrast. Uh, screaming and blast beats and then singing right away. So that's something I really learned from melodic death metal, especially from in flames uh, in flames. I think has something like 12 albums out now. Whoa. So they went through de definitely very different styles. Yeah. I feel like record one and two are very old school. Kind of, it's hard to describe. It's like, it's like such old school melodic death metal. It almost sounds a little bit different than the next couple, but Jester race, Oracle colony, through root to remain and clay man is in between root to remain. Those five records, I wouldn't exist without. Like, those are five of the most important records that I've ever gotten into my entire life. So, Jester Race and Horacle are pinnacle melodic death metal, Gothenburg style melodic death metal, Colony as well. Uh, Clayman, it starts to bridge into some, this kind of like new territory. I don't really quite know how to describe it, but Reroots are main. They started integrating electronic instruments, uh, electronic tones, uh, simpler, bigger, breathier moments, but also clean singing. So when I heard all of a sudden Andrew started singing in Flames, because there wasn't singing, it was always screaming. When I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, you're allowed to scream and sing in a band too? Like, I didn't know you could do that kind of thing. Um, their next record, they were a little more futuristic sounding. Then they kind of like weaved in and a lot of different things. Their last couple of records have been a little bit more rock focused. But 
those early records, particularly like I said, gesture race through Rupert's remain are some of the greatest modern metal records that I've ever heard in my life. And if you trace those records, you can see where so many bands came from. I feel like us, Chill Switch Engage, Parkway Drive, Avenged Sevenfold, like Dark Shore and Quillity, or sorry, excuse me, uh, Darkest Hour, all these modern bands that people know, these bands would not exist without the Gothenburg sound. They would not. Like, when you listen back on that, you'll hear, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of where that twin guitar melody of Trivium comes from. That's the twin melody of Parkway. That's the twin melody of Kill Switch Engage. That's from In Flames, and that's from their old stuff. Wow. So how did you first come to hear it? Um, I was just randomly on Napster one day, and I was kind of like, that was like tape trading for me in middle school, like sending people different songs, and someone sent me that, that Yotun track, J-O-T-U-N. And that was the first inflamed song I ever heard in my life. And I was like, there's, I, I just, I, my mind was blown because I, I've been into the stuff that's more extreme, but to hear that marriage of extreme and beauty in the same thing was, was really mind blowing to me. Yeah, that's cool. And I suppose when you hear something that really, I guess, almost changes your life and, you know, your interests, you get a bit obsessed to it. But when did you realize it was an actual important album? Was it later on the track when you start making your own music? Or was it even further down the track when you're like, oh, I always come back to that album? I mean, it just opened up something in my mind. Like having, I've, I've never imagined that you can mix those things together. Like I said, like I didn't know that you could sing and scream in the same band. I didn't know you can have like pulverizingly heavy moments and then soft moments. I just, I just didn't know you're supposed to do or that you could do that. So when I heard, you know, someone that I really looked up to doing it, I was like, I, I should do this too. And that's what really kind of changed a bit of trivium. Um, we have a release called Ab Initio, which means from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's got some of our earliest demos leading up. And the latter part of the track list, like the further down you go, is the older it was. Yeah, the older it was. So I believe it's like the red demo is when I was like 14, 15. And we're like, you know, we sound like a Metallica E band. <laughs> um, when it hit the blue demo, you can start to hear these really cool melodic things happening on the guitars and more singing. And that really is sparked from a lot of death metal. And that's also the time I started getting in metalcore as well. And all the metalcore bands, like I said, they would not exist without the Gothenburg band. So the Gothenburg scene inspired a lot of metalcore, but also inspired us. And we're a band that's not just metalcore, but we definitely do have a chunk of that sound in us. So it's, it's interesting when you kind of like trace the genealogy of how modern metal or how metal bands exist and why they sound the way they sound. Yeah, I think in this day and age, I guess that death metal... I feel like it's maybe harder to get into because people don't give it the time of day. But are you saying that this album, By In Flames, is easier to get into or it's just a lot easier to digest, maybe? Yeah, because, I mean, Death Metal is, like, pulverizing. It's not meant to be melodic vocally or guitar-wise. But then when you've got these, like, really intense kind of death metal vocals, it's more like mid-range death metal. It's not full-on Cookie Monster. But the twin guitar melodies are very pleasing to the ear, very Iron Maiden, very Swedish folk, very... You know, if you're into modern metal bands, like if you're in any of the bands I mentioned that, mm. you know, like are kind of like current right now, that all comes from In Flames. That all comes from In Flames and At The Gates and Dark Tranquility. That's, that's where it comes from. And I would imagine all the modern bands know. If they don't, they need to trace their roots and they'll find that their favorite bands were into those bands, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for the, the untrained ear, my ear, essentially, <laughs> aside from, like you said, the twin melodies and I guess the really beautiful guitars as well is there an aspect that you really love that maybe we would overlook i love the juxtaposition just like stark contrast um opeth is not a melodic death metal band necessarily but i did get into them around the same time and they had they had some records that came out around the time of that as well 
but to be able to hear these beautiful moments of like acoustic guitar or like twin folk guitar, and then it goes into something just like very heavy as well. I started to really appreciate the stark black and white contrasting, that juxtaposition. Um, and that's something that you hear a lot with Trivium. We use juxtaposition a lot. We use, you know, melodic into heavy and moments where there's clean singing, but there's like bombastic kind of music underneath it. And I, I believe that that probably comes from hearing that stark contrast with bands that can play, but also encouraged me to look up Swedish traditional folk music. And started getting, I started getting heavily into that. I do love that that old folk that sounds like something that should be out of Vikings. Like I, that, that's something that I'm really in love with as well. Those bands got it from Iron Maiden. So it's cool when you trace that lineage. Like if someone getting the Trivium now and then they get through in flames through us and then they get into Iron Maiden through in flames and then they get into UFO from Iron Maiden. And then you keep just tracing back at the roots of the roots to get to the source. I think that's when you start to truly dig into the music properly. When you dig into the source of the source of the source. Do you ever wonder where like the actual singular origin of like metal is? Because you know you can trace bands back to a certain uh, other band that really kicked started everything. But do you ever wonder where the who who was the first band? I mean, it traces back. So if we, if we go like the trace of let's say Trivium, and then you go to In Flames, and you go to Iron Maiden, and you go to UFO, and maybe Uriah Heep, uh, then you go to Zeppelin. Zeppelin's arguably probably one of the first like rootsy metal bands. Um, but then where did Zeppelin get it from? Zeppelin got it from like early rock and roll and early rock and roll got it from a lot of the amazing like black communities that were creating blues and jazz. So it comes even from there. So when you, when you keep tra- tracing back and further and further and further, and you start to see where these roots come from. Um, I mean, that comes from like old rock and roll and old blues and old jazz that was made from, like I said, like the black communities of America. Like they started creating this. Um, and then it inspired Zeppelin. Like Zeppelin was really into the stuff that was happening in the States. And then everyone started copying Zeppelin um, and creating rock and roll through that. So it's so cool to trace roots. And it's, it is important to trace roots. You can give credit where credit is due. And like I said, like the, the old Southern scene of blues and jazz that was created in America that then went over to England that inspired the Beatles as well. So it's like these, these snowball effects of different amazing things all kind of trace back from old blues and jazz, which is, which is amazing. Maybe, maybe more so old blues for, for metal, but yeah, it's a fun journey. That's really cool. Definitely. Well, why do you think that, I guess, people getting into, into heavy metal and maybe looking to expand into melodic death metal as well should listen to uh, this album? Why would it stand up for them in this day and age and then also in the years to come? So if you were to tell someone like, hey, get into metal through Master Puppets or Black Album or Justice, like they're the classic greats of metal. Hmm. I think that if someone were to say, hey, how do I get into melodic death on high in the Gothenburg scene? It would stem back to the, the big three, as I consider them, In Flames, At the Gates, and Dark Tranquility. In Flames, if you showed them any of those records, three through seven-ish, it's, it's the right move. But I would say start with In Flames, Jester Race, At the Gates, Slaughter the Soul, and Dark Tranquility. Dark Tranquility, you can go many directions with them. But those are the best of the best. It, there were so many other bands that came out around the time, maybe bands that were inspired by them or bands that were the same ingredients that didn't do it as well. And I, I feel like In Flames did it better than everyone else on Jester Race. <laughs> awesome. That's good to hear. And that's probably my favorite question, but what are my listening notes? How should I be listening to this album? Should I be doing anything in a certain place? What do you reckon? I think fantastic headphones doing nothing else. Like, I remember when I used to listen to In Flames, I'd lay on my floor and just listen and look to the, to the CD booklets. 
And also my favorite thing to do with my favorite band is the kid. So I would, I would do that. I would make sure you're not distracted because if you're doing other things where you're listening to you're not fully immersing yourself, but uh, that's, you know, I, I, I'm jealous of you that you get to discover that record for the first time. Jester race is just wonderful. Like it's, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be great. Oh yeah. Anything else to add about this album that we should know about before I let you go? I love the fact that the, the covers, the artwork matches so well with the music. That's something that's obviously very oh. important to Trivium. And, you know, we learned that a bit from In Flames, but In Flames obviously learned that from Iron Maiden. Um, and it's, it's really cool, again, to like give props to the heroes of the heroes. You can always trace back something. You trace back something more. Something is from something. Just like as we are all from something and somewhere. Like if you trace the roots of who is Matt Hasey, where is he from? I'm 50% Japanese, 47% Irish, a little bit German, a little bit French. You could trace back to those countries and learn about those things as well. Um, I've recently been really into getting into learning more about my Japanese side. I've got a side project band that's heavily influenced by Japanese folklore. The lyrics are Japanese folklore. There's Japanese traditional instruments in it. I sing in Japanese. But I'm also now wanting to dive into the Irish side of me and learn more about my Irish side. Um, learning about learning through music first learning like old Irish traditional folk songs and you know you can incorporate that stuff into music like I haven't heard many people put Japanese folk into metal I actually maybe no one's ever done that before Irish folk yeah there's there's Irish folk in rock and Dropkick Murphy's Flogging Molly and it's cool to trace the roots of that genre because I was never really into that genre but I can see Dropkick and Flogging who were obviously inspired by the Pogues and the Pogues came around the same time as like um, the Dubliners and Luke Kelly and tracing that stuff is, is fun. Like everything is from somewhere and it's, it's important that we do look back to where things come from so we can learn from the source. I love it. Oh, this is going to be a fun album to dive into. I think I am looking forward to it. <laughs> Heck yes. Yes. Amazing. Well, there we have it. The one metal album that Matthew K. Heafy thinks that you and I should listen to is just a race by in flames. Matt, thank you so much for your wisdom. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. <laughs> awesome. Such boss. Make sure headphones over your headphones and <laughs> maybe even just lay flat. Just sit on your favorite couch. Have your feet up and just listen and enjoy. Uh, normal day at the Hafey household wrangling twin three-year-olds and <laughs> playing metal in between.